You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 105 of Inside Acting. My name is Trevor Algott and on this show we interview actors and writers and producers and filmmakers and personal finance gurus and voiceover artists and really anybody in the industry that's having success and we stick those interviews into this podcast and put it out there on the internet for free for you every week to enjoy. Um, On today's episode we have part two of our chat with veteran actor Larry Cedar. Um, I know a lot of you guys dug the first part that we published last week, so looking forward to bringing you part two. Make sure you stick around for that. So, hey everybody, this is Trev. Uh, I'm flying solo this week. AJ couldn't be with us. He's in Wyoming, actually, on vacation with his family. And I'm actually in my car recording this on my iPhone. That's just kind of the way it ended up working out uh, this week with my schedule and all that stuff. And So I apologize for the less than stellar audio quality, but uh, we are committed to getting an episode out uh, every week. And sometimes it's easier than other weeks, but... This week, this is what it's going to take, so boom. Uh, Without further ado, I'll go ahead and jump into our interview with Larry Cedar. This is part two of two, so we unfortunately say goodbye to another guest. But uh, the next few weeks, we have some cool guests lined up as well. But enjoy this with with Larry, uh, another really, really great chat about just like the art and craft of of acting, which we don't get into a lot on on the show. So enjoy, guys. I'll catch you on the other side. to say this because it makes me sound not snobby but something but i i've always thought if i taught acting i could never charge i could never charge anybody for acting because it's my kind of idea of what works but i don't know if it's going to work for you and and i've always also felt like a, uh you ever heard that there's a book if you see the buddha in the road kill him you ever heard of that book that's the title of the book if you see the buddha in the road kill him the the uh, the notion being that if someone professes to have the answers they're a fraud no one has the answers so this is a fraud. Kill him. He's a fake. Anyone who suggests that they have the answers doesn't. Mm. So that's how I feel about acting. You have the answers for you. <laughs> I have the answers for me. You have the answers for you. I'm very suspect of discussions in general about how to act because I feel like my, my one sentence answer would be to how to act would be, I don't know, figure it out. that would be the answer Uh, the reason I love theater is because it allows you the time to go through that process they don't say act now they say we're going to give you four weeks to find out what the hell's going on here and over those four weeks we all shout out lost as hell right Mm -hmm. this is terrible this is all I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what he's doing this whole thing stinks and then 
this magical thing. It's like you planted a seed and then all of a sudden you start to see it. And you go, oh my God, I see it. It's, it reveals itself. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. And then over the course of the run, it evolves even more. And then when it's done, it's inside you and you never lose it. It's there with you forever. And, and you move on to the next project. Hmm. I'm addicted to it. I mean, as I get older, I'm finding the, the sheer beauty of the craft itself is what sustains me. I find that it's what it's, I love more than anything else. Um, it's a really beautiful thing. It's a really beautiful process. And, you know, I just, like I said, I have to admit, when I, you know, you said that our Richard II had been cast, I, I felt sad because I was looking forward very much to just jumping right into the next one, hmm. you know. Um, yeah. Wow. Do you uh, write at all? Or um, have aspirations to direct or produce? No. And my wife's always saying, why don't you direct? Why don't you this? Why don't you? I said, no, I'm so fascinated with acting. I, I find it so interesting and fulfilling. And I see what directors do. I don't want to tell anyone where to stand or what to do. It doesn't give me any gratification. I think they're fantastic that they can do that. I, but doesn't doesn't do anything for me. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if someone said to me, I'd like some advice on a scene, I'd love to help. I would love to help people improve. But I never want to actually be the guy that has to make all those decisions. Uh, in film, I think it's technical. You're a guy that picks shots and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. If you're, you're a craftsman in that regard, that doesn't appeal to me. Uh, I have written, but I find that others are so much better at it. I'd much rather bring mm-hmm. their words to life. Um, yeah, and you know, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. It's kind of weird. You mean, go ahead. I was going to say, would you ever consider being an acting coach? Because and the re, the re, here's the reason I'm asking it. Because I know your opinion. We actually did talk about this in the, oh, dress, in the dressing room. No. Your opinion on acting teachers. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't... How, how can I know the answer for, you know, a room full of people? But you did just say, like, you'd love to help people improve on maybe a scene. Hey, can you help me out with this scene or something like that? And it sounds like those two ideas might actually come together kind of beautifully along with your passion to helping somebody in a one-on-one situation. Um, Do you know what I mean? I would. I, I'm, very, I'm very fearful of – there's a whole left brain, right brain thing. I'm very uh, suspect and fearful of moving into the, the left side of my brain. And I feel like anytime you start to quantify or define an art, you've basically moved into the left side of your brain. Holy crap. And as a person who wants to live in the right side, no, the person who wants to live in the right side of the brain, the less of that you have going on when you're working, the better. I mean, if I came onto stage, let's say, this is why I hate talking about a scene with another actor I'm in a scene with. I really hate it. Let's let's do the scene and find out. Let's find (laughs) out what's going on. But let's let's not talk about it, okay? And uh, because then stuff comes up and... You know, like, uh, I don't know, I shouldn't mention names, but an actress in our show. I, 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 I never felt like on a personal level we really connected that deeply. But on stage, oh my God, it was such a pleasure to work with her. Because on stage, we had, we discovered, we found something that didn't exist off stage. I don't think we connected really much at all. But on stage, the characters found something and that's all I need. I don't need to talk to her about it afterwards and say, you know what we did was great and how did that work and stuff. So if I was going to coach anybody, it would be the shortest coaching session in the world. I'd say, uh, do the scene. How'd it feel? No good? Try it again till you find something that works. No good? I'm going to go away for a couple hours. Come back. You guys just keep beating your heads against the wall. Wow. Find, it, find it through doing. Find the scene through doing, not mm-hmm. through talking, through yeah. words. It's, it's, this is a nonverbal art. Uh, we are we are required to be adept at language because we are speaking other people's words. But
but with that that invisible shit that's passing between us, that's indescribable, indescribable. And look for that. Go searching for that. It's like um, it's like we have Geiger counters as actors, and we're looking for that. There it is, you know. And keep looking for it. So one of the best things that can happen to you in a scene that's not going well is to accept your frustration and anger at how badly the scene is going, and just go, "This scene fucking sucks." I'm, I hate this scene. I hate you that I'm doing this scene with you. I hate that I can't find it. And then you go, oh, well, that's what's going on between us in this scene. There's a, there's a certain level of frustration because we can't reach each other. Play that. You know, um, just uh, one of my favorite acting teachers, well, my, my absolute favorite was Roy London. He's since passed away. But his protege was Cameron Thor, who I, I still think is a genius. But I haven't been able to afford his classes for years. Uh, but he's really great. But he once said, um, just find some truth in the room. Not in the scene, in the room. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, the scene's not going well. So find a truth. Uh, find a truth. My, uh, my back hurts. Um, I can't stop thinking about my sister who did something yesterday that really pisses me off. Something that's really going on for you. Uh, excuse my French. I'm horny. I, uh, I, I, I got to take a leak. Something real. And bring that into the scene. Because the thing that makes a scene bad is when you're acting. Mm-hmm. You know, find some truth and bring it into the scene. And, and what's real. This is why I say it's so important to focus on the other actor. And I'm talking, okay, really brass tacks. What do they smell like? What do they look like? And again, I'm getting down to brass tacks here. Do they turn you on? Do they piss you off? Do you find them disgusting and offensive? Do you feel love for them? Every time we meet a person for the first time, there's an impulse. You either like them, you don't, something. To find out what that is, run with it. The actor, not the character, the actor. And then uh, that will guide you into a truth, you know? You're somewhat intimidating when you're first met. You must know that. You're big. You have a large, loud, confident personality. So the first time I met you, I was like, jeez, what do I do with that? I went with that, you know? Uh, who else in our show? This is what I do. I get a read on people and then you know uh daniel i just wanted to punch <laughs> he's just one of those guys you just want you know right you just go you look at him because you love him and you, you know whatever you just want to you know want to punch him was he the yeah yeah, yeah. there's something yeah. about him he's just you know it's kind of affection you don't know what you, he's something about him That's and so funny. Uh, just go with that wow I, I I seriously had some crazy stuff just come up when you were talking about the left brain right brain thing yeah because my my manager, I've talked. To, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, and it's it's mildly annoying. But my manager is constantly telling me that I think too much, and it's it's just like it's part, it's part of who I am. Like I I, ha- I do have. She thinks I only have a technical brain, but I do have a technical brain because I was good at math in school, and and I and I have that left brain thing. You know, my my father's an engineer his father's an engineer i'm good at computers i'm good i'm good at math wait like she's I, saying that like it's a bad thing yes that i think too much and i i i go back and forth because i'm like well i, I think that's bs and then sometimes i'm like oh i get what she's saying but really i think what she's saying is almost it's it's in kind with what you were just saying about the whole left brain right brain thing meaning that as actors we are most successful when we're ha- sort of hanging out in the right brain and not letting the technical side of things 
get in there. Because if we do that, then we're thinking about the technical things, and all of a sudden we're being technical and we're, quote-unquote, acting. Yeah. As opposed to hanging out in the creative side of the brain that's just very free and kind of allows you to, you know, do and say and be things that your technical brain is like, well, you're not an opium addict. Like, what, what makes you think... You know, you're not an opium addict. You, you, I mean, if you think that you're going to do this, you better go do some opium or something. You know, I don't know what it is, but <clears throat> your technical brain's telling you uh, that you have to do something or put on something in order to be an opium addict. Um, you know, as opposed to letting your right brain run free and go, I don't know what an opium addict is mm-hmm. like. But well, my David David Milch sat down with me like very early on and said, uh, "Let me talk to you about being an addict because he was he was a heroin addict, and I was totally freaked out. And I thought, I I'm a total health nut. I don't do drugs. I don't take any kind of anything. And so the idea of putting something like that in my body, I just would never do. So he said, you know, your whole deal as an addict is is from the minute you wake up in the morning to the minute you go at night is all you're thinking is about." How am I going to get my next fix? So I thought, okay, well, I am obsessive. I'm not into drugs, but there are things I think about needing all the time. So I'll just, that's my approach to it, you know? But he gave me that clue. He gave me that clue. You talk about being a thinker, intellectual, analyzing things. I don't think there's anything wrong with that if it's applied towards your emotional needs. If you use it as a reason to distance yourself from your emotions, then you're not going to be a very good actor. But if you, you look at James Woods, I always refer to him because he's one of the smartest actors on the planet. He uses his intellect to win, to achieve things, to get things from people, mm. to, to, to shape his world the way he wants it. I never saw a moment with you on stage when you weren't going after emotionally what you wanted, even if that meant engaging, being intellectual mm-hmm. about it. As long as you're looking to achieve an emotional end, there's nothing wrong with thinking a lot. People I use that. that. Yeah, people use it all the time. I mean, uh, if I, let's say I'm at a party and I want to impress a girl or some guy or something like that, and I'm really smart, I'm going to use my brains. I'm going to use my, to, to either put this guy in his place or, you know, make that girl think I'm fantastic. If you're a thinker, that's a great tool. So I wouldn't, I mean, she may be referring to, I, I just don't buy it because I've worked with you now and I don't, I, I don't see you as the type of person that, where that's a problem at all. I see it as a tool, a powerful tool for you. Mm. Well, I, I mean... I love what you just said because it's yeah. If you're applying it toward an emotional end, yeah, then you know it's use, it's useful. That's what we're doing as actors. We're being put we're being put together in rooms with people, and we're trying to figure out how to get our needs met. How do I get my needs met through this person? Hmm. It requires this person. Otherwise, there's no scene. There has to be another person you have to get through to get to what you want. What kind of obstacles does this person present? How do I manipulate them? Or work with them in some either positive or negative way to get through those obstacles. They may be incredibly attractive. I'm intimidated by it. They may be incredibly strong. They may be someone I don't respect. There's something about them that I've got to figure out a way to get through to get what I need. You had a very interesting uh, character because you're huge and powerful and threatening, but you're also very docile and dumb. So it's a, that's an amazingly complex character. You had to get things from people, but keep that adjustment in mind. I mean, it was great. It's great. You know, I mean, I had to be as the preacher. I had to be loving but harsh. I had you have these character restrictions sometimes that shape what you do. It's a fascinating process. Mm-hmm. It's never ending, never ending. You know, this is why you want to do the great roles, though. This is why it's so frustrating to go on a sitcom. And, uh, you know, the audition is, uh, I, brought you your gl- I brought you your water, Mr. Smith, you know, or something. Because, <laughs> yeah. oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming in. You're, you're, you're great. Who's next? 
Because you go, mm. shit, I have the ability to bring life to it, a very complex characters. Please don't see me as just this guy that that's all I can do. Please don't judge me just based on how I can be funny in a, in a, for a moment. Yeah. You know, that's what's frustrating to, about being an actor is most of the time you're not going to get the great roles. You know, I, did, I just did King Lear. People said, well, you're way too young. You've got no business doing it. You've never done uh, a character, a Shakespearean character of that magnitude. I said, well, sue me. I'm gonna, if, these are, if they're offering me that role, I'm going to do it because I'm going to learn from doing that role. Because that role requires that I explore every corner of my psyche and my soul. It's, it's that big a role uh, that I'm going to have to really dig. And it, as all great roles will, I think made me a better actor. The ultimate goal, I think, for all actors is to be a better actor tomorrow than you were today. Mm. Yeah. That's, isn't yeah. that all you think about? Yeah. How can I get better? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're very good. I'm very good. You're very good. But we none of us feel like we're good enough. Yeah. I want to be next better. Level? Always looking for the next level. Yeah. Guy, I want to be that guy. I want to be yeah. Lawrence Olivia. How do I get there? And and so it, it's this is the fascination and appeal of it is it's a never ending challenge. It's also the incredible frustration of it because will I in my lifetime get enough opportunities to really find out? You know? Wow. Yeah. Oh I mean, I, I'm about to do a one-man show at the Fringe Festival. It's an adaptation of George Orwell I put together. It's a one-man, sh- one-hour, one-man show just doing the, presenting the works of George Orwell, several characters from his books. Uh, I've been tinkering with it for years. Finally got these guys that did Lear to produce and direct it. I'll do five performances. Now that we're getting closer, I am scared out of my fucking mind because I've had it memorized for years. I know it's interesting writing, but am I going to be able to bring it to life? I don't know. I could fall flat on my face, but guess what? Got to do it. Got to do it. If it scares the shit out of you, got to do it. Mm -hmm. It's the surest way to know if you should be doing something if it scares the shit out of you. Oops. Well, got to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're not scared, you're not growing. Yeah. Were you scared when you started our show? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like why? I'm just curious. Uh, uh, Two reasons. One... Um, because there was so little on the page because I had very few lines. So there was very little evidence. Right. Um, and number two, I did not want to do a repeat of my performance as Lenny. Yes. Because, right, that had been explored. That corner had been explored. Yeah. Right, right. And, and there was a huge physical challenge for you. There was a, oh, my God, very strange show, you know, to try to find, um, to f- try to find. But you did. You found it. Well, we found it. Mike, Michael McKetty, the director, and I found it. Um, I talked about it on the podcast um, recently, but it was about the... It was really a, a breakthrough in trust, trusting mm-hmm. that I'm enough, because he was like, you know, I think we can trust that you're enough and that we can we can honestly have you do nothing, like, mm-hmm. and it will be interesting. If you just mm-hmm. stand there and don't say anything and don't Damn do anything, straight. Damn it'll straight. be interesting. And I was like, oh my God, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was... It was really interesting. I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but he also had to like warn the rest of the cast, which I thought was hilarious. He was like, "So AJ has been instructed." <laughs> I wish he. Ha- I really wish he hadn't done to that. To do nothing and to talk really slowly. Well, he was more about he. The, the reason he said something is because he didn't want my the rhythm of my speech to mm-hmm. bring down the rhythm of everyone else's speech tempo wise. Because mm. he want he wanted to keep the show moving along and keep, and and keep it interesting and keep it um, you know the sort of on a rail thing that we arrived at and he was just a, I think he was afraid that if you know 
everyone heard me talking like this. But you didn't end up like that. They that was like might. a that was like a three day exploration that kind of went by the wayside pretty quickly. You no, I mean I I did I did speak in a slower tempo than you most, did. Yeah, you than did. most of the other people yeah. on stage. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, so you know, uh, it was interesting. I mean, that conversation in and of itself was fascinating, and and I learned a lot. I learned yeah. a lot in in terms mm-hmm. of trust. You know what's so cool about that too is that when you're like the the impulse to act mm-hmm. is always can, at least with me it's often very strong and I have to remember that some of the most powerful performances I've seen were when actors just had that moment and they weren't even in the room like mentally they weren't even in the room and whatever they were thinking about they could have been thinking about their dog at home they could have been thinking oh my god I'm so nervous there's a hundred people in front of me right now whatever it was. I put onto it what I wanted to see mm-hmm. as an audience member, mm-hmm. and that was what I brought to it. That's and right. so the most powerful thing was, was when I wasn't being told what to feel or think. Mm-hmm. It was when that person had their experience, and I got to watch and, yeah. and, and project onto it what I was experiencing in my own life. Yeah, that's the beauty of, of, of film sometimes is that you can do nothing. And just if you are at peace and comfortable with where you are and just be, and it's fascinating for an audience just to watch a human being just be. It's just like, I mean, we get to study this. He's, you know, but if they're saying I'm feeling this and we go like, you know, I don't want to watch you. I don't want, I don't want that. I want to just see you exposed. You're right. Yeah. You know, I just, I think those moments, like you said, where they're doing nothing are where they found some truth. They are in some moment of truth. They are experiencing some truth. Like, like what I just did. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, basically I was just thinking, how long should I hold this? I'm going to hold this till it's effective. Yeah. And so I was concentrating on doing something that I really wanted to achieve. And for that moment, I kept your attention because you were wondering what's going to happen next. The ultimate dramatic um, uh, solution. What's going to happen next? If you have an audience thinking what's going to happen next, you've got their attention. Hmm. That's yeah. all every, yeah. every good storyteller wants is to create that feeling in his audience. Yeah. Uh, this is why I'll walk out of movies because I know what's going to happen next. They've, they've, there's nothing more. That I've, I get where this is going. Um. Yeah. When you're being truthful, because in life, we don't know what's going to happen next. We just don't. You may think you do. So if you can get comfortable with that, you'll fascinate your audience, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. This is, I, I, I'm referring to you because I worked with you, and I'm sorry I haven't worked with you because I can't, I, so I can't say <laughs> I'm a, seriously a, offended right yeah. now. <laughs> I can't comment on your work, but here's a guy, this is a guy, A.J. Meyer, who is not afraid to stand stock still on stage for a good 10, 15 seconds and say absolutely nothing. But he's, he's in his truth. And as an audience, you cannot stop looking at it because you go, well, what the fuck is he going to do next? And you talked about that actually on, on an episode recently. Yeah. You said like it's that, that there were – you got feedback of some sort. That some people said like you were just standing there and there was chaos going on around you. But I couldn't stop. I couldn't take my eyes off you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty powerful feedback to get yeah, well, for, for doing quote unquote nothing. I got that feedback from – I got that feedback from audience members, but I also got a, a similar feedback from the director who said, yeah. you know, there are certain actors who are just interesting. Just interesting to watch, it's interesting true. to look at. It's true. And he's like, I, he's like, and they don't have to do anything necessarily. And he's mm-hmm. like, that's kind of why I cast you. Yeah. That's a big part of why I cast you. And I don't, I'm not like, look, <clears throat> I'm, I, I, I o- we only talk about these kinds of things because we not only find them interesting, but we think they will create value for our listeners. So I'm not sitting here like it's not about tooting my own horn. It's if th- it's that if this conversation supports one of our listeners in trusting themselves more in a film on a film situation or 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 on stage, then then awesome. 
Mm-hmm. You know what? You know, trust it, that you're enough. In 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 relationship to that, if I've learned anything, if I've learned anything over the years, because I've struggled. Uh, are we done? Are we. Uh, we cool? It's no, we're good. Oh, yeah. we're good. If, yeah. if I've struggled with anything in, in terms of my process, it's being comfortable in my own skin as an actor. And what I have learned as a solution to that, um, so often we go into these situations going, looking at the director, looking at the producer, looking at the other actors going, what do they want? What do they want me to yeah. do? What do they want? What do they want? And at some point in my life, and I think if you're lucky like you, I think you have that already at an earlier age, the first thing you think is, what do I want? You just shut all these people out and you go, what do I want here? Because a person who's thinking about his needs and is calculating and is trying to figure out what to do next to meet his needs is fascinating. It's like watching an animal in the zoo. You know, like this is a guy that's going to do something in a second to get what he needs. What's he going to do? As an actor, though, the odds are stacked against us because the whole system is based on trying to please these people so we can get a job. Yeah. Trying to please these people so we can get a good review. Everything seems to point in that direction. Like that's what we should be concentrating on when in fact it is the absolute opposite. <laughs> the reason Marlon yeah. Brando was so brilliant was because he didn't give a shit what anyone needed or wanted from him. Yeah. He was going after what he needed. Now he was frequently an asshole and somewhat, you know, mean to people and all that stuff, which depending on your value system is right or wrong. Uh, people who believe in being the greatest actor you can be would say, whatever, that's great. I don't care. Uh, if you have a conscience and you care, you're aware, you, maybe that you're concerned with that. I think there's a way to have both. I think you can get what you want, still be a decent human being, not r- ride roughshod over people and, and be an asshole. But in those moments when you're acting on stage or in those moments where you need to deliver, just be able to pull it on in and go, okay, now this is about what I want. This is about what I want. Directors want that from you. Audiences want that from you. Producers want that from you. But in our heads, it's hard sometimes to make that adjustment. I don't think you have that problem. I think certain people are wired to where they can very quickly go to, okay, what the fuck do I want here? <laughs> Excuse me, I'm not talking to you now. What am I getting out of this? What am I going to get out of the situation? Yeah. They can go right to that. For others, it's harder. But mm-hmm. I think that's the ultimate goal as an actor. Because the best actors and actresses, Meryl Streep, Robert De Niro, um, you know, Robert Downey Jr., they are viciously and in a cutthroat way going after what they want. And it makes them interesting. Uh, my... Acting teacher Roy London used to say, he called it the lamb chop theory. And that is you have a room full of like 10 people sitting around a table and there's one lamb chop in the center of the table and they're all going, oh no, please, you. Oh no, no, please, I, I'm full. You go ahead, I insist, right? And they're just doing this for like five, 10 minutes. All of a sudden there's a power outage and the lights go out. The lights come back on and there's 10 people clawing and <laughs> you know, tearing each other to pieces to get this lamb chop. Uh, the real them comes out. Yeah. Much more interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you know what that just brought to mind for me was that when we're... Tr- when we quote unquote we I'm doing a lot of quotes today yeah. uh, when when we are trying to figure out what other people want yeah we're just selling to people and I know how icky I feel when I'm when I feel sold to yeah but if if somebody's being selfish and they're just thinking about what they want I may not be kind of getting anything out of this the the arrangement or whatever but I'm fascinated by that journey and that that's ultimately right. that's how I learn about my own situation that's right is by watching how they go about theirs yeah I've changed because I used to walk into a, a rehearsal cast where I meet the cast and the first thing I thought was everyone nice am I going to get along with everyone now I'm the opposite I, I look does this person look like they're like really selfish and like they're really focused on what they and I go oh this is going to be good Oh, this this guy. This guy looks. This guy's going to go after what he wants. That's he's going to be great to work. But this guy's too nice. He's not going to. There's going to be no sparks here until he comes around. So yeah, you're yeah. right. Go to that place quickly, you yeah. know, and 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 celebrate it. Celebrate <laughs> it. 
You know? I love it. That's yeah, really I love cool. It. Wow. So, uh, God, we could keep talking for hours. Uh, I wish we could, but we should probably wrap up just for time. Sure. But uh, we have two questions we'd like to kind of wrap up with all our guests. And I I do believe... Favorite color? You've you've answered these questions pretty well, thoroughly already, but we'll ask them anyway. Um, So the first one is, do you feel like this career chose you, or do you feel like you chose it? It chose me. No question about it. Bam. There's just no question about it. I was seized. I was born to be this. I was wired this way. I have no choice. If I if I had to, I'd do something else, but I'd be miserable. Hmm. That's just, I think any people in the arts. My daughter's a painter, and when she's not painting, she's miserable. And I said, Oh my God, you suffer from the same thing. If you if you're an artist, your soul just is screaming to create. You're not happy unless you're doing that. Wow, it's wow. Imagine if Gary Gardner had not. I don't even like to think life. about it. I, yeah. I, I don't even like to think about it. I, I think because I had enough self destructive tendencies in that in those days anyway. They all would have come out, and it just would have been a mess. <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah. So he almost saved your life. In yeah, the kind of. Yeah, because wow. I could, where I wasn't going anywhere good. Wow! And what's really weird is that I think I thought there was something wrong with me because everyone else seemed to know what they wanted to do with their life, and I felt like a loser because I, that wasn't allowed, and I didn't want any of this shit. I thought I'm just a guy that doesn't know what he wants to do because that wasn't an option. I knew what I wanted to do, and when I gave it the green light, there wow! You go. Awesome. We're very we're very lucky. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you I, say there was a second question? Or yes, oh. second question is, um, if you could take all of your experience um, in the industry, in life, and boil it down to one nugget of advice, what would that nugget be? Um, love yourself. Love yourself massively. Just, just love everything you are, everything you think, everything you say, everything you do. Love your mistakes. Love your successes. Love your choices, whether they're good or bad. Just give yourself massive amounts of love every moment, every single day of your life, no matter what choices you make. Uh, because you are what you've been given. And you are, I don't want to sound corny, but you're a gift to the universe. And you have something to give. And give it. And celebrate it and just do that every single day of your life. That was not corny. That was not corny, <laughs> not at, all. corny at all. That was amazing. Uh, <laughs> good, 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 good. Larry, if people want to find out more about you, uh, where can they go? Well, uh, I'm on Facebook. Anyone is welcome to friend me. I love it. I love communicating uh, with people through Facebook. I have a website. I think those are becoming kind of passe. No one really goes to it anymore, but it's LarryCedar.com. I haven't updated it in a while, but it has my demo. It has kind of some things about me, but not the most recent, but that's a place. But yeah, just uh, go catch me on Facebook. I, I love that. And Twitter. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be cool. Are you on Twitter too? <laughs> I am. What's your, what's your Twitter name? Just Larry Cedar at Larry Cedar. Cool. That's L A R Y C E D A R. And um, yeah, I love I love hearing what people are up to. And uh, yeah, please communicate with me. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come out and chat with us. I just want to thank you because to me, talking about acting uh, is is a joy. Uh, you know, like I said, I, uh, I can't get enough of it. Uh, I don't like to talk about the theory of it, but I do like to celebrate it. Which is what I think we were doing today. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, agreed. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. My Thanks. pleasure. Cheers. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed part two of our chat with Larry. Uh, super cool guy. Really, just 
one of those interviews that you walk away from and you're just so inspired by the artistry of it. I think it's really easy for us as uh, as kind of entrepreneurial artists to get caught up in the in the marketing part of things or the you know how do I leverage my brand you know types mindset stuff and and uh, talking to Larry was so refreshing because it's just all about the work we do as as creative beings. I don't want to get all hoity-toity and throw the word artist around, but um, I do believe that uh, we often stray from that as, as kind of a, a, a population, <laughs> as it were, and it's really good to get back to it. So I uh, loved sitting down with Larry and hope you guys enjoy it too. Uh, picks of the week. Um, I actually have not talked to AJ about his pick of the week. That's definitely a breakdown on my part, but I wanted to share my pick of the week before we sign off here. And mine is uh, the movie The Master, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It has Joaquin Phoenix in it, Amy Adams is in it, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. Uh, my roommate uh, is a huge fan of Paul Thomas Anderson, and he bought that movie on Blu-ray a while ago, and he's watched it several times. And I've always caught bits and pieces of it, but I finally sat down yesterday and watched it, and uh, was just blown away, not necessarily by the movie. The movie's, I think, kind of an acquired taste, uh, I definitely really enjoyed it, and there's a lot of cool stuff and you know interesting filmmaking going on. But Joaquin Phoenix's work is nothing short of astounding. I mean, it's like Daniel Day Lewis level transformational character work. It's it's phenomenal. So if for nothing else, check out that movie just for the the character study, and not character study that Joaquin Phoenix does, but as an audience viewing the character that he portrays it's it's just like it's it's mind-blowingly fascinating he's he's brilliant can't recommend it enough so the master by paul thomas anderson and we do have a listener pick of the week somewhere but i'm actually going to wait until next week to to talk about uh, our listener picks of the week so aj and i can both chime in on those so that's it for this episode short and sweet this week thank you guys for listening if you would like to support the podcast, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Of course, you can email us at insideactingpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also leave a comment on the website. That's just insideactingpodcast.com. Or, and or, you can leave us a voicemail, 2132-ACTORS. That's 213-222-8677. We love getting voicemails and, and getting other people's voice on the show and perspectives and questions. And, and of course, just, you know thoughts about about this kind of ridiculous ch- path we've all chosen you can also follow us on twitter we're at twitter.com slash inside acting and on that profile you'll see the the links to the individual accounts for myself and aj uh, and you can learn more about the team on our website as well because it's not just us anymore it's also jen our production coordinator and cesar he's also he's our technical producer you can also um, support the podcast by giving us a nice rating on iTunes if you enjoy it. Just hop over to iTunes and give us a, a good rating if you enjoy it. If you don't enjoy the podcast, of course, we ask that you email us first. Tell us what you don't like. See if it's something we're willing to change. And if we don't change it and you still hate it, then you can go ahead and give us a bad review. But, you know, it'd be nice to just give us a chance before you slam us. Uh, and you can do the same thing on ActorRated.com. We're on ActorRated as well as uh, you can donate to the podcast. If you really enjoy... Uh, listening to the podcast and get a lot out of it 
nothing says I love you more than dollars and change uh, at this stage of the game. So hop on over to our, our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. There's a donate button on the right-hand side. And every donation that you make to the podcast is tax-deductible. You can write it off as an education expense. So make sure you hang on to the invoices and then come tax time, uh, write that off as much as you can. And it goes a long way for us, of course. And if you'd like to become a patron of the podcast, set yourself up for a monthly recurring donation and we'll throw your headshot, a little bio, and your uh, links to your websites and social media profiles and stuff on our site, as well as some other stuff coming up soon that uh, we think will really make it a valuable uh, investment. So that's all I got for episode 105. Thanks again for listening, guys. This is Trevor Algott. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.